Hey everybody, welcome back to Back to Basic. I am your host, Danielle, and boy oh boy, has it been a week since we last chatted. A lot of stuff has happened, some stuff that I can't share and some that I can. So I thought I would give you a little update on where I'm at, where I'm feeling, and then we would jump into this week's guest. First of all, I do need to say that... I think I've mentioned it a few times here, that I am a recovering perfectionist. And in the sake of being transparent, I am trying to edit myself less and edit this podcast less, more to mean not be so nitpicky with things. And the whole point of this is literally getting back to the basics and being real and and having real conversations. And so I'm trying to edit myself less. That also goes for life, you know, just not this podcast, but life and not overthinking what I post on social media and not overthinking the things that I say and really just trying to get back to a place where I'm not constantly second guessing and I'm not trying to be perfect all the time. I've talked about it a lot. It's really hard and all of my recovering perfectionists know, you know, you want to put out something good. You want to be doing all of these things. I get very overwhelmed because I want to be doing all of these things, but at the same time I feel stuck because I don't know where to start. And I think a lot of that is because I I want everything to be perfect right away. I want things to be good. I want to be proud of it. I want to be proud of myself. And that's why I second guess. And I found myself even second guessing things that I post, selfies that I post. Um, There's probably some bigger reasoning to that as well, but you know, for the sake of this conversation, we're just saying I I need to just kind of let it fly more which again is a Noah thing and a lot of Noah-isms I'm going to start calling them in this podcast because I find myself saying them a lot because he says them to me and they just become a part of my vernacular and let it fly is a Noahism. But basically to say, go for it, post it, you know, like you're doing this to connect. I'm doing this to connect and that's what connection is. And connection is real and messy and you know, a lot of the conversations I have with with people on this podcast are fun and, you know, learning from them has been so amazing. But it's also the messy parts, the hard parts or the real parts. And I need to let myself do that a little bit more too. And also, I think that lends itself to kind of the theme lately of what I've been talking about a little bit in this podcast with guests and with myself, which is just starting you know, I get overwhelmed because I want to be doing all of these things and I I feel like my mind is running a million miles a minute sometimes because I just want to be doing everything and I have all these ideas and then I get overwhelmed and then I don't start. So not everything's going to be perfect. Not everything's going to be figured out at once and that's okay. That's life. That's what we're doing here. This is literally getting back to the basics and talking about real shit and figuring it out and so – If you're like me, you've been feeling stuck. I think the best word lately I've been feeling for myself is restless, uh, which I'll get into in a sec. But if you're feeling like that as well, your advice, I mean, my advice for you and for me, and probably, probably your advice for me would be to just start, to just do it, to just, for me, get over myself and just go right? I think it's so easy to get in this cycle of wanting things to be so perfect and getting upset if they're not exactly how you want them to be. And, you know, admittedly, I work a full-time job. I work a part-time job. I'm trying to 
keep everything balanced and and do all of these things. And so, yeah, a lot of the times, because I want to do so many things and I already am doing so many things, a lot of stuff just falls by the wayside. And I hate that. And so really lately, I've been making an effort to figure it out. Which again, I know I've said a lot on this podcast that it's been a lot of regrouping and refocusing. And I think that just goes to show you that it's a continuation or it's a continual thing, I should say. It's a journey. Life is a journey. Whatever you're working on is a journey. You know, you start a job, you don't get it right away. It takes six months for you to understand it. And like, that's just everything. And so while I know I've been saying that I'm rebuilding and refocusing for a while, it's because I really have. And I finally reached a point now where I'm just ready to start. And now it's about getting myself into those routines and those schedules and not caring if it's not perfect right away. If I'm not perfect right away, you know, it's like if I'm going to go to the gym, I'm not always going to be perfect right away. So that's what we're doing. And I think that something that I've noticed going back to what I was saying about feeling stuck is I've been noticing lately that I feel more restless and like sort of bored in general. And I, I don't really know exactly what that means like it's not like I'm bored because there's nothing on tv like I just started the new inventing Anna Netflix series about Anna Delvey which you should definitely check out if you haven't because this is based on a true story and it's crazy but it's not bored in the sense of like oh there's nothing to watch I think it's just bored in the sense that I want something new I want to be inspired and I think that the past little bit I've talked about has been hard it's been cold it's been COVID it's been a lot of things that have you know, kind of stopped me from doing. That's the best way to say it. Stopped me from doing. And so I feel like I'm a little restless in that I want to be doing more. And, you know, obviously I just said I want to be doing more, I overwhelm myself, and then I don't do it. This is in a different sense. This is in the sense of like I know I can do certain things and I just want to start certain things and I want to be inspired and I want to just do more generally. And yeah, so I'm feeling restless while also feeling overwhelming. You know what? Like, I, I'm a woman. I'm allowed to change my mind. But we are people. We are complicated. And, you know, those things are not mutually exclusive. You can be overwhelmed and bored and want to do more. It's just about finding what makes sense for you. That's the best way to put it. And finding your passion. And you can evolve. Your life can evolve in the context of this conversation, the podcast can evolve and I can change it if I don't like it. It can be something completely different next month, next year, next week. Same for you. If you're doing something and it's not exactly what you want to be doing, you can pivot, you can change. And I think that's the great thing about creating is that we get to decide. And at the same time, also remember that it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You got this. And that's a great transition into my guest this week, Caitlin from Connecticut. Um, Caitlin Houston, she is a blogger. We connected through Instagram. I love connecting with people that are local to me um, because it means I can meet them in person and can just learn from them and talk to them. And Caitlin is so sweet. We had such an amazing conversation. She is a family lifestyle blogger. She focuses a lot on mental health. She focuses on the real shit, which is a little bit about 
you know, what I've been talking about in this intro. It's the real stuff. So getting back to the basics with her was so much fun and I cannot wait to meet her in person and grab a big glass of wine. And I just learned so much about evolving and going with the flow from our conversation and I hope that you do too. So all of that being said, I hope that you are ready to get back to basic. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me on Back to Basic. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm great. Good. I am so excited (laughs) to uh, connect with you. So I don't want to do the rambling here at the beginning. I really want you to give me and our listeners an introduction on who you are, what you do. Okay. Uh, My name is Caitlin Houston. I am the creator of Caitlin Houston Blog. It is a real life motherhood blog. I would like, I used to call myself a life and style blogger, but motherhood has kind of taken a front seat, especially because we just had a new baby in December. Um, I have three girls. One is my oldest is eight. My middle child is five. And then we have the two month old newborn and they kind of inspire a lot of my content, which is focused on mental health and I guess just real life stuff is basically what I'm writing about. Anything that I can um, connect with others about or maybe provide some kind of, I, I don't like to say advice. I like to say advice, but I do, it's not professional advice. So it's real life stuff. That's basically all I, what I put out there. Yeah. I saw that on your blog. It's like, this is real. I like that you kind of highlighted like, this isn't, I'm not overly editing my life. I'm showing you the real parts of motherhood and just like figuring it out. So what kind of inspired you to get into that? Like, have you been a content creator, a blogger for a while or was becoming a mother and doing that really the thing that pushed you forward? So I actually started my blog in 2008. I like to say I was one of the first kind of bloggers on the scene that is still around. Um, And it was a wedding planning blog. Pinterest was around, but Pinterest wasn't something I was familiar with. So as I planned my wedding, um, I needed a place to put all of my ideas. And I lived in Georgia at the time. My whole family was in Connecticut. So It was a way for my family to see like, these are the flowers that I'm inspired by, or these are the bridesmaids dresses that I like. And I never stopped after that. So my website, my blog was, um, it just followed me through all of the big chapters of my life. So planning a wedding, my actual wedding. And then very soon after that, we moved from Georgia to Maryland and I became a teacher. So then it was following me through my journey of being a teacher in the inner city. And then we got pregnant. And so it just never stopped. Um, And I wouldn't say it was like a job. It was just a hobby for a very long time, especially because I was teaching elementary school. And after I had my second daughter is when it became something legitimate and I started calling it my job in addition to being a mom. And I left teaching after I had my, um, my middle child. Wow. So you've had like, I feels like a lot of different lives and you've lived in a lot of yes. different places. So you, you mentioned Georgia, you mentioned Maryland, Connecticut, obviously is kind of how we connected. Um, yeah. where else have you been? Have, are those the only places that you lived? So I'm Connecticut, I'm a Connecticut girl, but uh, my husband is from Tennessee. So my junior year of college, I transferred to the University of Tennessee, lived there until we graduated, 
moved to Georgia. And then we were in Maryland for a couple of years while we both worked. And then we moved back to Georgia to start our family, buy a house, all that good stuff. And then in 2017, we moved back to, well, not back to, I, I got my Tennessee husband to move to Connecticut <laughs> with me because my whole family is here. And, um, and then we've been here ever since. Wow. So you were just yeah. like a Connecticut girl. You're in it. So, I mean, I know you blog about Connecticut things as well. What do yeah. you love about Connecticut? Like what drives you to want to be here, to have your family here and to create content here? Um, Hmm. There's so many things I could say about Connecticut. Uh, aside from having four seasons, I truly appreciate the four seasons after living in the South for 12 years. Um, I love the proximity to so many different cool places. You can go to the mountain skiing, you can go to the beach, you can go to a lake. Um, New England is such a special part of the country that is just... I don't know. It, it, it just feels good being here. Um, I know a lot of people leave Connecticut to move to the South. So when I say that I lived in the South and then moved back North, they kind of look at me like, why would you ever do that? But I don't like the heat. I didn't like the traffic in Atlanta. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just, it's such a beautiful state. Um, and there's just so much to do. So yeah, that's what I love about it here. That is so true. And that's so funny because someone asked me the same question the other day. I was doing another podcast recording and she was like, what do you love about Connecticut? And I was like, oh my gosh, like there's everything here. There's a beach on one side. You can go to the mountains on the other. There's the city, there's the, like, it's so true. It's just like, it's really versatile and it's also close yeah. to New York city. It's not that far from Boston. It's like, it's just like a nice can, area. Exactly. There's so many different things. And when I was, when I went to school in Tennessee, people would ask who had never been to new England, like, what is, what is new England? Like, what is Connecticut? Like, and I actually, I remember one of our friends being picturing it to be like New York city. I don't know why. And mm. I'm like, no, it's a lot more green. <laughs> like, <laughs> I grew up on an old farm actually. <laughs> so, you know, oh my God, that's, that's so funny. Like, yeah. That's, and I like that about Connecticut there. Of course we have new Haven and we have Hartford. Um, and, you know, down in Fairfield County, there's other little, you know, almost like cities, but there is a lot of greenery and beautiful fields and, you know, where the town that I live in Wallingford, we have wineries and it's just, mm. yeah. yeah. So. Those are my favorite. I'm not yeah, going to lie. <laughs> All of the wineries that Connecticut has, they're so beautiful. I can't wait until the weather gets a little nicer so we can actually like sit outside and have a glass of wine too. Right. Um, I can't wait for that. But it's funny that you mentioned that you moved from the South because you didn't like the traffic because I find that Connecticut traffic is awful. It's not oh, good. Okay. I will say this before I left here, I hated the traffic in Connecticut. Mm. And then we lived in, we lived North of Atlanta, but my husband worked right outside of Atlanta and I worked literally 20 minutes from my house, 20 minutes on a Sunday Monday, it took me an hour and a half to get to work. Oof. And it was a two lane highway and bumper to bumper traffic every single day, always some kind of accident. And when we left, I got back to Connecticut. And I remember my mom saying something about traffic on 91. And I'm like, you no, uh -uh -uh -uh. <laughs> not until you sit in six lanes of traffic in the city in Atlanta, will you ever 
make a comment about traffic again. Okay. That is so. fair. That's very fair. Cause I also have, I know people who are like in California and I've been to like LA and driving there is also awful. So when I am sitting yeah. on the merit and I'm like annoyed at the traffic, I try to remember it could be worse. This could, could be so be, much worse. Oh, it could be so much worse. Um, but just jumping back for a minute. So you went to school, you said in Tennessee, you became a teacher, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. what was that journey like? I have a lot of teacher friends. I know that it's a very hard, but rewarding career. So what was that like? You said you taught in the inner cities. Just give us a little glimpse of what that was like. Sure. Uh, So I actually, I went to the university of Connecticut for two years and if I had stayed there, I would have done their teaching program. And I think my entire teaching experience would have been very different because I went to school for English literature and I wanted to teach high school, Mm. but I transferred to Tennessee. I missed the window for their teaching program coming in as a junior. So I just graduated with my English lit degree and figured I'd work for a little while. And then I'd go back to school and get my master's while this teaching residency program kind of fell into my lap. I knew a girl doing it. My husband got promoted to Maryland and the program was there. So I applied very quickly. My life changed. I was suddenly in a teaching residency program for high school in the inner city and in Baltimore city. And my dad, um, was a teacher at New Britain high school here in Connecticut. And it's a, it's a little bit, it's tough there. And he was like, Caitlin, I don't think that you could teach high school. I don't think you're built for this. If they will let you change to elementary school, I think you'll have an easier experience. So I did. (laughs) And I taught first grade for three years and it was extremely challenging. Um, it was rewarding in the sense that I, had so many incredible experiences with families and children and being able to do different programs like donor shoes and bringing in these resources to my classroom and being able to expose my students to different things. Um, I had such a, a wonderful time, but it was also very stressful. It was sort of when my mental health started to take a turn. And I talk about that on my blog. Um, it was, it, it really, there were a lot of emotional things that happened. And while I was there, Newtown happened in Connecticut. And I think that was very triggering for me as well. Um, being in an area where every once in a while there was a lockdown, um, you know, not necessarily in my school, but in the neighborhood around us. So when I got pregnant and we moved away from that school or not that school, I moved away from teaching in the inner city. I suddenly, um, when I went back to teach, I was in a school for gifted students. So I had two very different teaching experiences within like a six year span. Um, and then when I had my second daughter, I was like, I don't think I ever want to teach again. I Mm. I don't know. It just suddenly that passion and that love for teaching just disappeared when she was born. And I, I honestly don't think I will ever teach (laughs) elementary school again. It's kind of, it's a closed chapter of my life. Wow. Yeah. That's, I have a bunch of friends. I actually have some friends who have left teaching as well. Um, and I know that it's something that you kind of build to, like you come to a point where it's like, okay, like I got, I think what I, I needed out of it and I helped kids when I could. And it's, that's a very difficult thing to continue to do. Um, do you like miss it at all? I know you said that that chapter is kind of like closed, but you know, I feel as personally, like I've been through a few different careers, I guess you could say. And sometimes I'm like, oh, like that was, that was nice. Or I miss certain things about it. So I'm just curious when people kind of pivot in life, like what do you look back on and what do you like maybe miss about it? So 
teaching itself, like sharing my knowledge of things with others is something that I do miss. So I have found ways to do it now. Um, so I do blog consultations on the side and that is a way for me to get to teach others about something that I've been doing for so long. And then I have interns from Quinnipiac every semester that they, yes, they help me, but my pure enjoyment like of working with them comes from teaching them about social media, about the life of an influencer, and then everything that I can teach them about doing, you know, making graphics and all these kinds of things. Um, so I get that little piece of me that likes to teach is fulfilled with my consultations and my interns. And I, and that's enough for me. It feels great. You know, when the pandemic first started and everything closed down and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to homeschool my kids because there was no online classrooms and everything like that for two weeks, it was really fun. And then I was like, Nope, I'm done. I don't want to do <laughs> kindergarten. I don't want to do first grade. I don't like this anymore. And I reminded myself, like, I just don't get excited about teaching how to read anymore. Mm -hmm. Where it used to be like, I couldn't wait to go to school every day. And yeah. Oh. I think, I think motherhood is, is a big part of why I don't feel that way anymore because your children consume a lot of your, um, energy. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. I don't have any energy to give to other people's little <laughs> children right now. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the seasons of life, right? Like things change, yeah. we change and what becomes, what was important to us, it may not necessarily go away, but priorities shift. So Absolutely. I think like your story is such a good like base for when people are like, well, what am I doing now? Like, what should I be doing? I graduated with this one thing. I'm not doing it anymore. I think that what I've learned recently, cause I've also like, well, what do I really want to do long-term, which I have these moments, like every few, few years, I should say, but I turned 30 <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I want to do? Um, but like no one ever really figures it out and you kind of just, you figure it out as you go. It's like, yeah, it's a roller coaster. It's definitely. It is a roller coaster. Like yeah. you, you know, so and it's a roller coaster and it's also different chapters, like you said, seasons of life. And, you know, I, my blog is not a lifelong career. Um, so I just took a, a part-time job in my town working for a nonprofit and that's filling my cup in a new way. Like I get to be creative with that and I'm involved in something different. I'm leaving my house mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm working with other adults. Yes. So that's, that's really cool. Um, something that I only got to do for a couple months and now I'm on maternity leave, but I'll be going back to that again. Um, kind of dipping my toes back in next month. So that's so exciting. I yeah. love that. There's, I mean, there's different ways, right? There's hobbies, there's volunteer work, there's part-time jobs. There's so many ways. So like what your career quote unquote maybe is doesn't mean you mm -hmm. can't do other things. And I think there's a really big misconception, right? That you can, like, you have one thing, you have one job, one career, like this is it. But yeah. you're kind of saying, no, like I am a mother. I was a teacher. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like you can fulfill all of your passions in different ways. It doesn't have to be so black and white. I think a lot of us maybe are trained or taught that it has to be black and white, which right. it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You're, I, I feel like when you're young, you're just told you can be one thing. And not in not in a bad way. It's just like, okay, you're little. What do you want to be when you grow up? And, yes. and I always wanted to be a teacher. And you know, some people that they just stay on that one path and they only wear that one hat. Where 
I like wearing a bunch of different hats. Granted, I might complain about it sometimes, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, I like it. It, you know, I feel like I'm getting to spread out in life instead of staying contained in this one little pigeonhole of like, this is just what I do every single day. And, you know, being able to be creative and, you know, like, I, I, I truly believe you, you only get to live one life. So why not make the best of it and do as much as you can? Um, as long as you can do it. I mean, some, some people can't, don't have that freedom to be able to dabble in other things, but. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It definitely is a privilege to get to try different things, of course. Um, yeah. but I agree. It's, it's why not try things if you can, if you have that ability, life is mm-hmm. too short to think that you can't spread your wings. Right. Exactly. Like that's the whole point. I feel like. Yeah. Um, but I just want to jump back for something. Cause you said something that was interesting that, I ask, I have a lot of friends who are, are local bloggers and influencers as well. And something I always wonder, how do you feel about the term influencer? Because it's, it's it. okay. <laughs> I hate it. When I say it, I'm like, oh, like gagging it out. Like influencer. <laughs> because to be perfectly honest, every person right now who has who, who is breathing and talks to other people is an influencer. You might be at the grocery store and you're just a regular person and you pick up a box of cereal and the person next to you says, is that good? And suddenly you're like, Ooh, I haven't talked to anybody in so long. And you find yourself five minutes later telling them why you love the cereal. Well, guess what? You just influenced this person to buy the cereal too. So I, I feel like we're all influencers in some way, shape or form. Um, and that's not my purpose because a lot of this is this is where I the term bothers me so much, I think, is because it has this negative connotation of you just being like, here's this coffee and posing with it and whatever, where my purpose is to influence people to live their best life, to seek help if they need it for mental health, to connect with others, to not, um, you know, not feel bad that like in terms of mom guilt, like I want to influence you to not feel mom guilt. And my goal for influencing is not product. It's centered. It's more idea and a way of life. And yeah. So I feel like when I call myself an influencer, some people are like picturing the thing that people make fun of and memes all the time Mm -hmm. and you know influencer accounts that mock them taking videos and things like that so yeah oh yeah like those influences in the wild accounts yes Yes. because you can do it everybody's an influencer it's not just people recording themselves on a beach doing a dance (laughs) (laughs) that is so true I love that though I think that's also so funny because like normally most people would not think of themselves in that way, but we all kind of do influence each other. We all talk, whether it's strangers or your friends or whoever, like how many of us go through decisions and always ask for opinions? Like I ask for opinions about, oh, do you like this lipstick? Should I buy it? Like it's, it's so funny. And, And I think that speaks to the power of like community and just the people that we surround ourselves with. And not only that, but just people in general and connection, which I think a lot of people have realized is so important since the pandemic. And since, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Since we haven't we're been all, able we're to all craving it right oh, now, my gosh. I, mean, I get so excited if I get to talk to a stranger because <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody for months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? 
Oh yeah. It's like any opportunity now to like get to speak to people or go somewhere. It's like, oh my God. Yes. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? Like I have, I have yeah. I, we went through like a year essentially where like we really couldn't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like I wore jeans yesterday and went out in town with my family, but like my friend made a comment. I haven't seen you in anything but like leggings and sweatpants for months. And I'm like, I know I put on jeans today. It feels really good <laughs> to smile and to smile at people because, you know, we've all smiled with our eyes for very long. And now more and more people, I get to see them smiling in real life and actually connecting with people. And it's just, it's a good feeling. And, and with, you know, yesterday was nice. The weather was beautiful. I'm looking at the snow right now. But, yeah, um, same. <laughs> so many people as I'm driving, like out walking and waving and everyone just looks so happy. It's contagious. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that is such a good, it is contagious in, in a good yeah. way. Can, we should clarify because yeah. contagious can be a very, uh, uh yes. crazy word contagious right now. Comes with, <laughs> yeah. comes with a lot <laughs> of other things, <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that you, you share the real stuff on your blog, on your social media, you, you kind of mentioned before that you want to also show people like, don't feel mom guilt as a mother sharing your life and sharing your children and all these things online. Do you feel that? Do you feel that pressure at all? Cause I know just sharing, like, I'm not a mother, but just sharing stuff. Sometimes it, you feel the pressure, you feel the maybe judgment and obviously you have a bigger following. And so does any of that get to you? Like, do you feel that? How do you handle that? So a couple years ago, I was a very much different. I, I was a, I was very different when it came to what I would share. Um, I would spend a lot of time thinking before I posted, like my feed was, I had a cut, like a perfect color scheme. I would plan out the photos that I was going to post my stories. If I ever came on and did anything that was unscripted, I suddenly got backlash for it. Mm. And so when I, so I had COVID really bad and I was basically sick for a couple months during that time, I think my realness kind of just be, people got used to it and the people who didn't like it left and the people who did like it stayed. And, um, I just continued with it, just continued sharing just the normal every, every day kind of stuff and noticed that my audience, the quality, and it wasn't quantity. I wasn't growing by followers, but the people that were replying to me was just, it was growing and growing and growing. And suddenly I had this community, um, of people who were like, thank you for showing real life because all of the perfectly poised videos and photos make me feel like I'm doing something wrong. And I was like, me too. When I was pregnant last year, I had to unfollow so many people because I was like, how is this woman like out exercising and she's pregnant? And how is she making dinner for her family when I can't even function today? And it made me feel like I was doing something wrong. And it shouldn't, I should, you know, you can remind yourself that, you know, everybody lives a different kind of life, but I want to give some, I want to give other moms, other women, and I even have some dads that follow, um, something to look at that makes them feel like they're not alone in their messy house. And, you know, without being over the top though, cause I do feel like some people show too much and I don't want to shove it down your throat that like, you know, my kids ate McDonald's last night and I let them watch TV until they fell asleep. Like, you know, you don't need to give it all away. Right. Um, 
but I do, I do, there are trolls. Um, mm-hmm. There are people who uh, message me. There are these horrible websites where they talk about people and bloggers and mm. influencers and people on social media. And I have found conversations about myself there that is really hard to see. Um, and my husband always tells me who cares. He's like one bad person doesn't mean that everybody is bad and, and, and you just need to not look at it anymore. So it's a constant reminder to not look for that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. to brush off the, the criticism, because if you're going to put yourself out there, you're not going to please everybody. And you just hope no one's going to actually say that you're not pleasing them, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they come out of the woodwork and let you know that they don't like what you've done or you've said or what you wore. And, it, and it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people will find anything to criticize. Yeah. I was on the radio once. This was like around late. It was on Labor Day. It was Labor Day weekend. And I made a comment where I said, it's the last weekend of summer. Right. Cause that's like the, the vernacular that we hear. That's what yeah. people call it. And I said that, and we got messages. This is not the last weekend of summer. The last weekend of summer is September. Like, why would you say that? That's not true. And I was like, this is such a minimal thing, such a stupid, yeah. like nitpicky thing that I just like, I, it was not even the whole of what I said. I just kind of said, oh, it's the last weekend of summer. So X, Y, Z, la, la, la. And yeah. I'm like, so it just, and I was thinking of that. pull out of it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yep. it's little things. It's like when celebrities say, which is why I'm always like, I don't know if I could be a celebrity because things get pulled out of context. Your interviews get pulled out of context. They see right. you dressed in sweats going to CVS to pick up like shampoo. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, going through something because you're not yeah. wearing eyeliner. And I've always just thought it's like, so crazy because to, to your point about what you share and why you share it, all of us do that. Like all of us have those outfits that you run out of the house quickly when you're like, I hope no one sees me. I just need to go get this thing. And like, we don't need that pressure to be out there. So I right. really think it's amazing that you are showing like those parts of yourself in your life because it makes like people like me say, oh, okay, like I can do that. I can, I don't need to live this like beautifully curated aesthetic life. Cause who really right. does. Right. And, and I, I've asked people before, do you follow accounts that look perfect? And they're like, yes. And I say, why? And they say, because it's like watching a movie. It's like reading a magazine. Um, I, and some people say, I know it's not real life, but there are people who that is their real life. Mm-hmm. It is a very, probably very stressful life to maintain this image of perfection all the time and to each his own. Like that's how they want to live. That's fine. And I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want my followers to think that I'm trying to pretend to do it either because I'm not. <laughs> oh, it's hard to maintain so. that. Right. Like it's, it is a little yeah. different than the fake it till you make it situation because that's different. That's like helping yourself be confident and put yourself out there versus right. like, Oh, actually like changing maybe what your life really looks like just for the outside perception. Right. Which yeah, is like very interesting. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's social media is a highlight reel, right? We all know that. It is. Yeah. We all it know totally that. Is. You get yeah. to pick and choose what you put out there. And if you only want to show the good stuff, then, you know, do that. I don't want to just show the good stuff. I want to show, you know, I, there's so many moms who coincidentally had babies at the same time as I did that have been messaging me lately and saying, thank you for sharing this 
horrible perspective of what the fourth trimester looks like because I'm sick and tired of seeing these moms who just had babies look like they didn't just have a baby and they're bragging about their baby sleeping at night and how they get to go to the gym and I'm over here covered in spit up in my crazy messy house and I haven't slept in days and I saw you and I'm like okay I'm not alone and that's you know that's my reality and I want I, I want to let other people know that, you know, your, your reality is my reality too, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, know. absolutely. And I think it's so important that like you create because you want to help others or at the very least, like show them, like, it's okay. Like you're not alone. You got this. And I think like being relatable, like actually relatable, not like I'm relatable. It's yeah. like, so, <laughs> it's so important because, you know, there are some people that are like, I'm so relatable, but like, it's, oh, it's and more I've an met act. them in real. Yes. And I've met them in real life. And I'm like, you are not the person that you pretend to be mm. on Instagram. And that's always, it's happened to me a couple of times and it's pretty disappointing because I'll think we've connected over Instagram, you know, like DMS and then you meet them and you're like, wow, I yeah. don't understand how you pretended to be this person. Cause you're not this person at all. And it's really disappointing. So when I meet real, when I meet people that I connect with, I'm like, I don't want them to ever think like she's such a fake <laughs> because that I, I promise I'm not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's about being authentic, but like actually authentic and, right. and showing yeah. people who you are. And to your point, like you don't need to show them everything. Like there is a line that I think today is it's a very fine line with what you show yeah. on social and what is real life. And I mean, it's part of your career, right? So you are on social media a lot. I'm sure you teach, you do blog consultations, you teach your interns. Um, what would you say is the most important thing, at least for you, right? Cause it's different for everybody, but what would you say is the most important thing about what you share? And, and by that, I mean, like, where is that line? Like, And how do you find that line? Because I'm on TikTok and sometimes I'm like, oh, there's no line. (laughs) Like there's everything out there. Exactly. Um, It took me a long time to figure out what it meant to be, to, to be, I always use the word organic, that what I'm sharing is, is natural. Um, It's not forced. And I used to, so in 2017, when we moved to Connecticut, you know, I wasn't teaching anymore. My husband was in, in, the middle of trying to find a new job. Um, and we were living with my parents and I realized I need to provide for my family financially like this. I don't have that option to just sit around and, and just be a stay at home mom. Like I need to make my blog something. So I started taking every single job that I could take. And I was getting overwhelmed within a year and realized that I was taking everything so I can make money and and overlapping with different brands and ideas. Mm. And I'm like, this is no longer real. Like, yeah. And my whole purpose is to be real. So it took me, you know, up until like last year where I finally started saying no. And I was only doing things that were real that I was using in real life. Um, and I feel like let me bring it back to you said, where do you draw the line? Yeah. It's when it starts to feel icky that you have Mm. to, you have to draw the line back. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it, it can feel icky. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that you said like where you started to say no, because the power of no is so it's something I'm trying to get better at is saying no, yeah. because I find similarly to what you were saying, I tend to say yes a lot. And I think it's because I was always ingrained. Like I work in media, I work in marketing and it kind of is ingrained in you to say yes to the opportunity, like say yes, say yeah, yes. Because you're afraid that you're going to, it's going to be a missed opportunity. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly agree with this because yes. some, I, it took me, I don't remember what birthday it was, but it was like, this year is going to be my year of no, because I always find myself in these awkward situations where I'm like, why did I say yes to this? And now I have to make it look real or, or even in just real life, like awkward situations where I'm like, I should have just said, no, why did I do this? And it goes back to my whole life is too short thing that like, you have to say no, and you have to put yourself first sometimes, even though if somebody's begging you to do this, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. And you know, how is this going to help you later on in life is something I ask myself a lot. And like, what is this going to provide for me, for my family, for my blog audience? Like, am I, is this actually worth something? And so that's no. I yeah. No. I love that. <laughs> that also works for like social situations. Like when someone's like, oh, yeah. come do this thing. And then you say yes. And then like day of, you're like, why did I say that? I, I wish- didn't really want yeah. to do that. Yeah. And yeah. we say, I think it's this fear of disappointing others too, not just missed opportunities, but that you're going to make somebody else feel bad. And, you know, in the big picture, it's all should be about yourself. I mean, and making yourself feel good about things instead of, I didn't want to shower today and now I have to, and I have to go to this party and I don't want to go like, yeah, there's nothing good. That's going to come out of it. (laughs) Yeah. We've all been there too. Like, I feel like every, that's a, that's a common, that's a basic thing of life that everybody's done. Mm -hmm pun intended. Um, so before we kind of go, um, I just want to know, like, what are your goals? I know you said like your blog is not necessarily a lifelong career. You're, you're dabbling in nonprofit. Obviously you're a mother. Like, what are your, I guess we could say some of your short-term goals and maybe long-term goals. I know that they may change as they have, but where are you kind of looking towards the future right now? So short-term goals, um, surviving this first year with the third child. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, really, continuing to grow my community on, um, on social media and driving those people from social media to my blog, to my website, um, uh, working to establish long-term partnerships with brands that I love and use regularly in my life and long-term goal. And I like rarely say this out loud because I feel like it sounds so stupid, but I would love to take my best blog posts and turn it into a book. That's sort of like uh, just not a guidebook to life because I don't think that I have all the answers and I don't think that I'm a professional at anything. But like I read this book when I was pregnant called The Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy the first time I was pregnant eight years ago. And it was the best book I have ever read for pregnancy related stuff because it was real scenarios and real stories about pregnancy. And it's the stuff no one else was talking about. like the weird stuff that happens to your body. And so my book would be like the real life guide to, I don't know, motherhood or something, you know, with the weird stories and the weird things that can happen because I have a lot of weird stuff happen. <laughs> and, 
you know, and then people message me and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you shared that this happened to you because I was secretly thinking, ew, is this just me? So, you know, that's a long-term goal. I don't I know if it'll that. ever happen, but it's, it's something that I, I think about secretly. And now I just told a bunch of people, <laughs> but that's good because you got to <laughs> speak it. You got to like say it sometimes to just you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to learn how to manifest. I'm not really, I have no idea. I'm just like, Oh, manifesting it. That's not how that works. But it's sometimes you just got to say it out loud. Like it's that, that yeah, you got to put it in the atmosphere. It. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. fake. It's like I, when you're not confident or something and you're like, no, I'm good. I'm great. And you just got to say it until you, so you, so you just kind of said it and now everyone's going to hear it and go, okay, that's so I have to look out for Caitlin's book. <laughs> yeah. In like 30 years, but I'm like an old lady and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> hey, but like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson didn't become a- an actor until he was like 45 or something. So, oh okay. yeah, I always look at like those posts and I'm like, oh my God, I need to like start doing more. And then I like read these posts that are like JK Rowling wrote Harry Potter at XYZ age. And I'm like, oh, Oprah was oh. fired at her first journalism job when she was 30. And I was like, oh, like, so you- timelines are like such a. Yeah, you're right. Thing. And I just realized I called my an old lady in 30 years. And I really hope that I'm not like a 60 something year old being like, I'm an old lady because my mom just turned 70 and she calls herself an old lady. I'm like, you're not old. Like you're not old at all. Mom. Right. This is, this could be the prime of your life. So you still got a long time after this. So, you know, I I, I had to correct myself on that. (laughs) No, no, no. You're good. I mean, you know what, for people listening too, it's like, it's a good note, right? Like you're, you're not old, you have time. Like, right. You can life and what chapter you're in is what you make of it. So like, exactly. You will figure it out and you will get there. Um, but I love the, the blog into a book thing. I literally was thinking like, I don't know if you're a sex in the city person or you've seen sex in the city, but like her columns became a book and then became a show. And so when you said like your best blog post, I immediately was like, Oh, Carrie Bradshaw, like just like that. Well, when I, I just was watching the new, the new show oh, and she was sitting there like writing, which I didn't really like it that much, uh, but yeah. as she's like, <laughs> I would writing <laughs> certain things <laughs> and about her life. I, that's what I think. And that's what I imagine is what I would put together. And, and I would want it to help people. That's like my main goal with blogging is not to, to be recognized somewhere. It's to get a little note. Like when people DM me and say, thank you. Like I've never DM'd somebody that I follow before, but I just want to tell you, thank you for the post about postpartum depression, because yours happened a year and a half after you had your child and it's happening to me right now. And I can't find anything else on the internet about it. Or like, I got shingles when I was in my thirties and people are like, message me. And I'll be like, I just found your post about shingles. Thank you for writing this. I thought only really old people in hospital beds got it. And I'm like, no, I did. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I want my experiences to, um, I want to take them and make them worth something. Yeah. (laughs) You know, other people feel less alone. Cause I think we all kinds of feel lonely sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and motherhood can be really lonely and isolating. And, you know, if I can make somebody not feel that way, then I, I won. Yeah. <laughs> I won it my day. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love how you write 
your posts too. Like, I feel like Thank I'm talking, you. I know I'm talking to you now, but I feel like I'm talking to <laughs> like, I was reading your, about the Boston marathon bombing. I was reading that and yeah. I just was like, so sucked into how you wrote it. Cause it was, I felt like I was with you when you were like, I fell to the ground and I was like, you know, so nervous. We were running to find your friend. Like, I just felt like I was there. And I think that that's a really powerful thing that you have. You not only share that on social, but the way that you write I mean, it's blogging is such a powerful tool and I wish that a lot of people would get back to, I know that's how everything started, like with influencing, but like, it's so important. It's, it's the building of the connection. It's the words, it's the stories, I think. And that's why I always try to drive my following over from social media to my blog. Cause I'm like, I put a lot into this post and I, I'll, I have so many drafts right now that I have to wait till I feel inspired. And then I'll be like, nobody talked to me in my house for an hour because I need to sit here and work on this. I might only get two paragraphs done, but I, it, I love writing and I know I'm not the best writer in the world, but it's something that brings me great joy. And if I can share that with others, then that's an amazing feeling you know, to be able to you know, I, I struggle sometimes with like getting the good, the good stuff out ver- like verbally. So if I can put it on words and mm-hmm. spend more time writing it, then it comes out in a prettier package. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What would you say is your tip for someone who, I know you do consulting, so don't give all the goods away, but <laughs> what, what's like a tip for someone who maybe wants to start blogging or start creating? Cause I know that a the lot of people thing, don't know where to start. Yeah. The first thing that I tell people is one, you need get a website, don't rely on social media. Um, and two, if you have a story to tell, then tell it and don't be afraid to tell it because I think we all have stories to tell and it's just, you know, it depends on how much you want to put out there. But I've had people come to me and say, I don't know if I should write a blog or not. And I'll be like, well, what are you going to write about? And they'll be like, I don't know. I'm like, why don't you come back to me once you have an idea? Because you can't just say, I want to have a blog, but then you have nothing to put on there. And then I have other people come to me and say, well, I, I actually have all these short stories that I wrote about, you know, I don't know, let's say about teaching or something like that. And I'm like, then turn it into a blog because there is somebody out there who's going to want to read it. And whether you ever know that they read it or not, (laughs) they might not tell you they ever read it. Just know that someone did. And, you know, you might've helped somebody or made someone laugh or cry or, you know, inspired someone to do something differently. Yeah. I love that. And I love the what you just said. I know that you call yourself like a storyteller as well. And one of the reasons that I like got into radio and, and audio in this way is because I always am like, I love hearing people's stories. Like I, I think everyone has something to say. And so yeah. it's like, why not hear it? Right. Like I think exactly. that's how all this started. I mean, years ago before printing and way before TikTok, they were storytellers. <laughs> and so like, it's, it's so cool that that's kind of what you do and what you inspire people to do. Um, and then I just have two more questions before we go Two yeah. questions. I ask yeah. everybody. So I know that you said you're not like a huge, you're not really into trends and like pop culture. You mentioned that you watched the new, uh, sex and the city and just like that, which yeah. I agree with you. I was I have many thoughts and maybe we'll, maybe we'll have another conversation one day about, (laughs) about those thoughts. We can have another podcast episode about it. Um, but what do you like, what are you drawn to in your free time? Like pop culture wise, like what is your guilty pleasure? Like what does Caitlin do when you are not on the blog and not being a mom? Um, Oh, I love young adults. I, I, I used to read like every YA novel that came out and now reading like 
is really hard to do. And mindless television and not like reality television, like Netflix, young adult movies, like, okay. to, like anything that's about like some kids in high school or college is really my guilty pleasure. Um, and I used to be really into crime stuff, but having kids kind of ruined that for me. Now I mm. can't watch that stuff. Um, you know, you keep mentioning TikTok and it's funny because <laughs> I, when I had COVID, I downloaded it and was like obsessed with watching all these people do dances. Cause I do love to dance, dance and hot yoga are like my thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to, can't wait to not be sick anymore. So I can learn these dances. And then it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was like, I hate this. And so now I just watch like cat videos on TikTok <laughs> and I can do I, any animal video I could watch for so long. And I just, or like, this is horrible, but like people falling. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, they have shows yes. for that. Like ridiculousness on MTV yes. is just bloopers yes. of people's lives. Yeah. But I like that I can control it on TikTok. I can mm. swipe through ones I don't really like. And then, you know, so I would say those are my guilty pleasures is <laughs> anything that like reminds, I, I, I like old movies and I call them old, but really it's like from when I was younger, like movies about high school and college kids like what um oh like she's all that and things oh like my about you. like Classics. I get lost in those and then like the other day I watched um say anything with John Cusack like that movie is so good I forgot about that movie um I just realized my cat's been <laughs> locked in the bedroom with me oh no <laughs> yeah I, I kept hearing scratching I thought he was on the other side of the door but he's in here oh my gosh well we're almost done so he can get out in a no, second <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um, I love those movies too, by the way. Like she's all that. Um, I mean, amazing. I just like young Freddie Prince is like, yeah. Uh, I mean, Freddie Prince now oh, too, God. but like I just like when I think of like I watch those movies and I see him or like Paul Walker. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love Full those. Intentions is such a good dark movie. Mm. And I used to I used to watch that movie all the time, like and listen to the soundtrack. Um, that, that was a good one. And the Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio oh my gosh. is so good. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is just my forever, like number one. I don't care what anyone says. I'm like, I just Titanic. Like yes, I grew up on I that. Know. Yes. I don't even care if he's 40 and whatever. Now, like he can, st- he's, he's still good. He's everyone leave him alone. He's still, yeah, yeah, he's good. He can still get it. Like he's still good. Um, and then my last question that I always ask everybody on the podcast. So obviously the name of the podcast is back to basic, which is a play on words, right? Because basic culturally means one thing, yeah. but basic also means so many other things. Um, And for a long time, I was called basic just to give you a little context. And so I I was kind of like, you know what? Fine. And I'm going to take it back. Right. Like, so what? I like a pumpkin spice latte, whatever. Let's turn it into something else. So that being said, this could be a million different things, but what does basic mean to you? I, so on one hand, I feel like basic is like anything that could be turned into a meme, but then on the other hand, hmm. Because as you're saying it, you're like the pumpkin spice latte. I'm picturing in my mind, like, oh, I am so basic. Like, (laughs) I am the basic mom in the sweatpants with the messy hair and the spit up all over herself. Like, but that also could be turned into a meme. Um, That's such a hard question. I don't know. I know. I I know. I'm sorry. I am so basic because it's like, what would you like to do on a Friday night? Hmm, I would like red wine and pizza and some terrible movie. 
and that's me. Yeah. So yeah, basic. I'm not off doing anything that's I'm not skydiving. That's not basic. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Uh, Things are basic. People call them basic, but so many people like the same thing. So why, if there's a reason everyone likes it too. Right. And what's wrong with it? Right. We don't need to make fun of it. Exactly. Yeah. So what if it's a nice day and we want to go to the winery? Like, that's just what you do. That is what you do. It's so, (laughs) I just like love asking that question because so many people take it so many different ways. Like some people like get really like deep and are like, well, based, like there are so many basic things of life. And I'm like, yes, I love that. And then other people are Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Like I love a PSL in in the fall (laughs) with a flannel. And I'm like, oh my God, me too. So I just love (laughs) it because everyone it shows that we all think similarly, but also we can interpret things so differently, which is kind of yeah. like the whole point of why I do this and why I talk to people too. So thank you so much for that answer. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk with me. It's so like great to meet you. And I hope that we can meet in person one day and maybe record again I together. Love I would that. love that. Yeah. We're both Connecticut girls. So I would love to just get together, maybe g- grab a glass of wine. Um, yes. You got to come to my town. We've oh, got two absolutely. lovely vineyards here. <laughs> Which is the, is the one, um, wait, there's a really famous one that's by you. In Wallingford. So Gouveia That's and it. Paradise are both in Paradise. Wallingford. But Gouveia is the one that like everyone I know like is obsessed with and always because goes of to. the view. Mm. Yes. Okay. But Paradise is real. I both of the families that own them, I went to elementary school with one of the girls and I went to middle school and high school with the other girls. And they're both like very lovely families. And they both they're such cool winery slash vineyards because they're so unique. Paradise is small, but they have, you know, um, the chickens there and you can walk through the vineyards and sit outside. And then Gouveia has got the view and it's bigger and they both have so much to offer. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have and to then, go to like, one. Yes. And no, and Wallingford is just blowing up with cool places. Cause then we have like center street brewery, which is really awesome. And then yellow King brews just opened and it's, coffee, beer, wine. They have a bar, they have food there. It's, and it's like five minutes from my house. So we go there, we've been there like five times and they just opened. Um, and it's family friendly and I'm now giving them a shout out. I'm so (laughs) obsessed with them. (laughs) But Wallingford okay. has a lot to offer. You okay. should just, you got to come visit me. And I'll, I'll come. And then, tour. yeah, I was going to say, I'll come <laughs> we'll, when the weather gets nice. So we'll, we'll coordinate and then you can do a whole yes. tour with me. I'd love that. Um, Caitlin, before <laughs> we go though, just tell everyone where they can follow you, like where they can read you, where they can see you, just plug it in. Okay. So on Instagram, you can find me Caitlin Houston blog. And then my website is the same exact thing. And so, um, Make sure you visit the website though, because that's where I want everyone to go to. And then if you just want to see me like real life every day and my adorable little two month old um, on the Instagram. (laughs) There you go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. That was my conversation with Caitlin. I hope you enjoyed. Please rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things. Let me know who you want me to get back to basic with and what you want me to get back to basic about. As always, follow me on Instagram at Danielle Maria Costa. Follow the podcast at Back to Basic Podcast. Watch for that evolution. And I will see you next week because on Wednesdays, we podcast.